Hello, I'm Matthew Kidman. And I'm Ali Selby. And today we're going to be asking our fund managers to dust off their crystal balls and give us a bold prediction for the year ahead. Good luck with that one. Predictions never, ever work out. I know fund managers hate giving predictions about the future, but I'm going to push you for one. What's a bold or dangerous prediction for the year ahead? <laughs> I, I actually ask my turn to my son and say, what do you think is going to come? And uh, uh, he said one of his first answers is that um, potentially Donald Trump is coming back. I said that's not for next year, it's the year <laughs> after. Um, but, but, uh, but perhaps there's a high likelihood. So for me, I think the bold um, prediction is that um, I do believe that uh, China equities, um, Asian equities will do pretty well uh, in the next 12 months because of the macro backdrop, um, because they're much cheaper. Um, you know, economy was uh, depressed for a very long time and now it's re reopening and then everywhere else is sort of just heading into that kind of um, uh, sort of slow down environment. Um, maybe not recession, but you know, so, um, you know, we will slow down. So it does make that economy seems to be the bright spot. Look, we think by the third quarter of calendar year 2023, it is possible that the RBA's inflation rate is back within the 2 to 3% range and they're already cutting interest rates to stimulate economic growth, which has slowed and stopped the decline in the housing market. So on the macro front, I think the thing that seems to be appearing in my eyes is that Australia and the rest of the world is expecting China to open up out of COVID and just by opening up, that will be a winner. My suspicion is China will open up, but they'll continue to disappoint. I think things there are worse than we think. I think they've got high unemployment, just by opening up is not going to do it. And so China is going to disappoint. And I think really boldly, they'll start exporting disinflation around the world again, because they've got a lot of excess capacity. That the central banks are behind the curve. Uh, this might sound silly, uh, but this time last year, we were talking about uh, interest rates staying the same all year. Philip Lowe's even apologised for anyone who took out a mortgage on his predictions this time last year. The RBA, the FOMC were wholly behind the curve on interest rates and inflation. I think they could be behind the curve again on having overcooked it on interest rates. I think we could see plummeting inflation uh, and we could therefore suddenly realise growth is the issue, not inflation, not interest rates, uh, and that would surprise the markets. Bold or something we would wish for would be the end of the Ukraine war and maybe some Putin regime change? My bold prediction is another spike in oil and gas prices. I know as we've all felt the pain of rising prices in oil and gas the last 12, 18 months. However, when I'm looking around at the government, what they're proposing and implementing in terms of policies, I feel everything's pointing towards less supply and higher prices. We're seeing price caps being talked about. I think you know, oil and gas companies are terrified of spending money because the goalposts keep changing. So I think, unfortunately, we're going to see less supply and potentially high prices, particularly as economic growth recovers next year. All right, time to push the chest out, put the shoulders back and get a bit bold. What, what's, what's the one bold prediction for 2023 that no one would dare even contemplate? Uh, the Bulldogs win the NRL Grand Final. <laughs> That's definitely bold. Uh, but besides that, I think we're going to see uh, a good recovery in residential property sales in China. Uh, and I think it has the potential to be so significant that by the time we get towards the end of the year, we will, instead of talk, be talking about an oversupplied market in terms of the modern housing stock, I think potentially we get to the end of the year and be talking about outright shortages.
Yeah, it's funny. Like we did this interview a year ago, and and I think I said that I thought rates would stay low for all of 20, or the risk-free rates would stay low for all of 2022. And in the end, that was completely wrong. Um, rates backed up dramatically. Inflation came back dramatically. Um, and I suppose my prediction for the next year is, if you think about a year ago, we all thought that rates would, well, I did, and many people thought rates would stay low for a very long period of time. And central banks were just 100% wrong with their guidance. You know, Philip Lowe said that rates would stay zero for three mm. years. I'd just put it to, to the viewers that maybe central banks are just as wrong this year as they were last year, and that rates can't stay high for the next three years. And, and we might find this time next year that we're in a very big slowdown and we're going to have to cut rates quite dramatically. Um, and I just don't think, I don't see a lot of people talking about that right now. My prediction has to do with the tech sector. So as we discussed before, NASDAQ is down 30%. And within that, you have a lot of stocks which are down 70 80%. And you've seen some distress in the tech sector in Silicon Valley, but you actually haven't seen a lot of companies go bankrupt. So I think one thing we're going to see in 2023, if this is you know, TechRec 2.0, is that some of those very weak companies, companies with weak business models, companies with weak balance sheets are actually going to go bankrupt and get delisted. And a, a, a sort of close cousin to that is I think in VC land, and globally, a lot of these startups that got funded when there was, you know, money was free and interest rates were, were near zero, I think it's going to be a bit of a graveyard for some of the, the VC land. And you're going to see some of those very weak companies on, on NASDAQ actually go bankrupt and get delisted. Certainly for the consumer and the investor out there, inflation is of great concern to us. Um, but given the environment we're in, given the amount of money that's been printed over the last couple of years and handed out en masse, I'm not sure that there aren't many um, certainly indebted countries that wouldn't appreciate seeing the real cost of their debt being inflated away. So it's a bit of a frightening thought to think that our governments would be keen to see additional inflation, um, but self-interest is a, is, is a powerful thing. Getting out your crystal ball, what's one dangerous or bold prediction for the year ahead? That small cap companies will outperform large cap companies for the greatest margin since the GFC. You know, 2022, like it was really one for the ages. And I, I think one of the the bizarre things that we saw this year, you know, the drawdown in equity markets is not unexpected. You see it frequently, et cetera, et cetera. But a drawdown in the bond market in sync with a drawdown in the equity market is unusual. And I think, you know, in the US, you've got to go back like 135 years to see a year where you saw both asset classes come off to the magnitude that they have. It sort of sounds a bit weird from a guy favours the equity market, but we were seeing some really good corporate bond flow toward the end of the year. And my bold prediction is the, the bond market really snaps back in 2023. I think, um, you know, we're seeing equity style returns with much less risk than you get in equities. And I think as you start to hopefully see the peak in that rate cycle, you start to see the money flow back to debt. You can make some capital upside and lock in some really good returns. We think one of the most vulnerable parts of the listed market is the REIT sector. And our central case is a very large proportion of that sector will have to get recapitalised and raise equity. And our thinking effectively is that um, property has virtuous circles and doom loops. I think we're heading into one of those doom loops now. As you look across shopping malls and offices, what's pretty clear is occupancy's going down, rent's going down, cost to operate's going up, capital intensity's going up, cost of debt is going up. And all of that leads to a lot of pressure on the balance sheets of these REITs. So the valuations of property will go against them. Gearing levels we think will prove to be too high. A lot of REITs have already started to sell assets. We think that becomes difficult as the market softens. So history would suggest they'll end up recapitalising, asking shareholders for more money, and in doing so that dilutes returns. So it's probably one of the parts of the market we're the most negative on, and that's reflected across our portfolios. 
When I think of the word bold, Romano, I sometimes think of you. What's the big bold prediction for 2023? Look, I think it's hard enough to make a safe economic prediction, let alone something bold. So I'm going to chicken out here and I'm going to actually choose my team, Geelong, to go back-to-back premiers in 2023. Come on, how bold is that? What are they in the betting? They must be top two. Well, I think I think for any team in, in a sporting code these these years to go back-to-back is a pretty big achievement. Go the Cats. Yeah. The world is to win the World Cup. Didn't you predict that last year? No, that was a Bursley Cup last year. Okay. What dangerous vulnerability. Okay, I'm, I'm going to go out there and say interest expectations to peak, inflation to peak, and potentially either the central bank in the US and the Fed or the RBA to have one cut next year. Oh, my God. That's very bold. I don't, Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. I just see what, everything we're seeing from a bottom-up perspective outside of labour is mm. got the lead indicators starting to look a little bit deflationary. And so we just think as, as corporate profit comes under a lot of pressure next year, uh, that at some point the Fed put, which is much lower than it used to be, might be exercised at some point next year.